Hey everybody, welcome back to the program. That, of course, being two on OSU. It is a huge week in wrestling. In fact, it's a huge month with Matt Madness getting underway. Big 12 championships, first coming up in Tulsa in just over a week. And then after that, national championships in Kansas City. So we thought, hey, let's bring on Andy Hamilton, who is the managing editor at Flow Wrestling. He knows all sorts of things about the national pulse of college wrestling and we asked him a little bit about the Oklahoma State Cowboys, that duel against the Hawkeyes, and what the Cowboys need to do to get back to success in the postseason, which is where all college wrestling seasons are measured. So before we get into our interview with Andy, we need to thank the sponsors who help make it possible. Two fellas movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Midfirst Bank, FireLakeJobs.com, and Oklahoma Ford Dealers. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Remember, Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Now let's get to the interview with Andy. Welcome back to the program where we're of course joined by Andy Hamilton. You know him as the managing editor of Flow Wrestling and everything they do over there. He's not the world-renowned dart player as his Twitter profile says. When did you find out you shared a name with a world-renowned dart player, Andy? Uh, probably been about seven, eight years ago when the World Dart Championships were uh, going on over uh, over in Europe, and I started getting all sorts of uh, trash talk from <laughs> international dart fans. So yeah, I'm not Andy the Hammer Hamilton. Uh, he's a, uh, I think, Scottish dart pro. So I, I can only imagine what you mentioned. I can only imagine what your mentions look like from from dart trash talkers. That that had to be a, a wild time. I see the clips going around on Twitter. It can seem pretty intense, like mm-hmm. a, a disproportionate amount of trash talk to what you might expect. It, it does seem a little intense. Yeah, I was taken aback by it a little bit. And uh, there there are a couple other Andy Hamiltons out there that I'll catch some strays from them on Twitter every now and then. And of course, Andy, we we brought you in today to uh, to talk about maybe a little bit of a more physical sport. That, of course, being wrestling and the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who are coming off um, an interesting duel against Iowa, where the Hawkeyes came into Gallagher Arena and kind of dominated them. Andy, I know you you went to Iowa. What's what's kind of your take on maybe that duel, that rivalry, and and where it puts the Cowboys now? Yeah, it's it's an electric duel every year. Uh, it's it's good to see it back in Gallagher Iba. It's been a few years before it uh since it's been there. I think the environment down there on Sunday was tremendous as it typically is when when Iowa rolls into town and uh uh that that was a fun dual meet from the standpoint like when you go into it there are a lot of matches there that look like they could be highly contested and and with that the outcome's a little bit in doubt and so uh, as you watch things start playing out early on in the dual meet, and uh, uh, basically what what we were even after uh, after four matches there, and then uh, Iowa through the middle kind of took control of it and and put it away. But uh, you know, as far as what it means on the whole, I'm I'm really not sure because this season outside of Penn State, every you know the the teams like two through fifteen in the rankings, it's it's been a wild ride for those teams and. And so uh, just just looking at it from a snapshot standpoint from Iowa's point of view, I mean, you look and and the Hawkeyes beat Nebraska pretty convincingly. They turn around, they get thumped by Michigan, 
Michigan a week later goes to Nebraska and they get thumped. And so uh, you look at some of these results in, in A beats B beats C beats A, and it doesn't really quite make sense. But that's that's the world we're living in in 2024 in college wrestling and dual meets. And and uh, Oklahoma State had kind of skated by uh, up to that point where where they weren't really involved in any of that mess. But uh, uh, certainly Iowa matched up really well with them, and and the Hawkeyes had been battle tested in a lot of dual meets and and wrestled really well on Sunday. And so I think uh, you know John Smith afterwards referred to it as as we hadn't really been bruised up to this point. Now we've been bruised up a little bit, and so. What's Oklahoma State's response to here? Um, that, that'll be the question and kind of the defining uh, answer to, to how this season looks, uh, really, because, uh, you know, not a lot of people remember what happens in late February. You know, it's, it's what happens in early and mid-March is what will stick with people and how seasons are defined. Have you seen anyone, whether it's maybe Iowa after the, the dominant win in, in GIA or could the Cowboys still? Is it really Penn State and everyone else, Andy? Sure, looks like it. Uh, you know, and injuries can play a role too, and and you certainly don't want to see anything happen to to uh, anybody out there. But uh, you know, the Carter Starachi, uh injury and what his status that remains up in the air. Um, that being said, Penn, Penn State's the one team that is so deep with so many stars that that they can weather something like that and still be in a comfortable situation from a team standpoint. Uh, you know, everybody else, like, you know, you look at you know, our rankings in the team tournament rankings right now, and, and we, we have Iowa at 67 and a half points, and you go down to uh, uh, South Dakota State at 34 and a half, and, and they're 13th, and um, 34 points, whatever, 33, 34 points, uh, not a lot, um, you know, not a huge difference in a tournament, NCAA tournament setting. Uh, you know, I think I, we wrote about this a few weeks back in our Mizzou Insider, where Missouri was ranked second at the time. Virginia Tech was ranked tenth. There was like thirty points of difference between them, but all that was was flipping around two guys that were ranked like two and six and five and seven or something along those lines. And so, I think what you'll see in in uh, Kansas City this year is is there will be a lot of teams in contention going in thinking that they have a chance to win. Uh, one of those three team trophies and the the teams that are going to walk away from it. I think when it's all said and done are going to be the teams that avoid upsets or they're able to get somebody to, to out wrestle their seed by, you know, two, three, four, five spots. And, and so uh, a lot of that looks up for grabs now, um, you know, in our rankings right now, Penn state sitting out there way out front, 136 and a half points. And so, yeah, on, on paper right now it is, Penn State and then everybody else and uh you know but that uh pack of 2 through 13 14 15 is is really fascinating and it's going to be interesting to see who rises uh to the the top of that group. You brought up Mizzou. I think that's an interesting topic Andy especially as Big 12s get underway here in just over a week. The the Tigers they've won the last two Big 12 championships. You know a a huge shakeup from what Oklahoma State fans have come to expect. Where would you say your expectations are for Oklahoma State as they go into Big 12s, maybe thinking about Missouri and, and Iowa State just right behind them? Yeah, I think it's a, an extraordinarily fascinating team race, as it has been the last few years. And 
Uh, I think going into it last year, I think a lot of people were looking at at uh, Iowa State, uh, Oklahoma State as maybe the the favorites on paper going in, and Mizzou rises to the top and takes home the title. Uh, you know, just looking at at our rankings and running the numbers on it, uh, Oklahoma State's the favorite on paper. I think based on team points off of where they're ranked, I think it's like one forty three and a half somewhere along those lines, and. And uh, Iowa State, Mizzou sitting there at like 130 and 130 and a half. And so, again, that's not a not a huge difference. I mean, uh, in, in our rankings, I think we have Spratly one and Noah certain two. And if if you flip that around, then it comes down to one match uh, somewhere on the backside. So so the margins are really thin right now. But Oklahoma State is has really positioned itself well with uh, the way they've wrestled, particularly in the Big 12 season. And, and they ought to come in with some high seeds and guys that you expect to be in the finals taking home titles. And, you know, the question will be, can you, you uh, score points and and get 10 guys up on that podium? And, and especially in the top six where you get, give yourself more, give yourself more matches and more opportunity for bonus points. And, uh, but indeed it's, it sets up to be a really fascinating team race. The other element in it too is, is Mizzou's health. Uh, they were without eight starters this past weekend for duels up here in uh, Cedar Falls against Northern Iowa and then over in Ames against Iowa State. Uh, I think five of them with, with the flu and then three others with injuries. And uh, I think they're going to be, I think they're hoping to be pretty close to full strength here in a week, but uh, remains to be seen what that will, uh, what kind of lingering effect that will take on, on Mizzou. In GIA, they introduce Oklahoma State over the loudspeaker as the most successful program in NCAA history. In the last couple of years, it, it hasn't really been like that for the Cowboys. You know, it's, there's been talk of down years. And now this year, it's okay. John Smith has kind of refound his form, um, got the Cowboys up toward the, the top of the rankings. I, I'm curious, Andy, if I could take you big picture. What is Oklahoma State's reputation um, in terms of the the national hierarchy of, of wrestling programs. Where are the Cowboys at big picture nationally? Yeah, I think nationwide, they're still perceived as an elite program. I mean, one of the top recruiting classes in the country last year, and, and you're seeing that that class is having immediate impact and, in, uh, you know, some of those guys that, that are stepping in right away and contributing and, and uh, certainly more depth on the way too. They've supplemented that room. And, and I, I think, you look at at it on the whole, and and I, I'm not sure anybody really expected them to finish what 17th, 18th, whatever it was last year, and and uh, you know, a calamity if you're uh, an Oklahoma State fan because you're just not accustomed to that, right? But uh, you you certainly don't expect the Cowboys to stay down for long, and and uh, this team has done uh, has done a good job of kind of hitting the reset button and getting Oklahoma State back on track, and. I think the other thing too, you you look at. I, I think John and company learned their their lessons, um, and and were more active in the portal. Certainly, when you look at this team, uh, Spratly, Jamison, Olenek, uh, big contributors that that are guys that they added through the portal last season, and and uh, that hadn't been really something that Oklahoma State was known for utilizing. And and in this day and age, I think you have to supplement your roster uh with what's available in the portal and and certainly you know 
high school recruiting is is going to be the the bedrock of of elite programs but uh when you have some guys that don't pan out or you have injuries or you have uh unexpected uh holes in your lineup you have to go out and in uh if you're going to be in contention to win trophies you're going to have to go out and uh fill those holes in the off season and and uh really adjust accordingly and i think Oklahoma State did a great job of doing that they have all these young guys who, like you've said, have, have made an immediate impact. Andy, do you think OSU has the top-tier talent, the guys maybe ranked inside the top five, who can you know, bring them to maybe not a national championship, but in that tier as, as we look ahead to NCAAs? Well, that's a big question for Oklahoma State because it's a really strong dual team. You're not giving up bonus points uh, very often with that lineup, but uh you look at it from a ranking standpoint, and really where the money's made at the national tournament is when you get into that top four, top five. Uh, you know, you could have 10 All-Americans that finish seventh or eighth, and, and you still are uh, maybe not even winning a team trophy because it's, it's what, five and a half points uh, without bonus if you finish eighth. Uh, so, so 55 and a half isn't going to win you a team trophy, whereas uh, you could have you could have two champions who score 26 apiece and you're almost right there. So, so that's the key is, is uh, getting guys high up on that podium. Um, you know, do they have the guys that can do it? I think certainly Dayton fix has proven he can Dustin plot is, is a contender at 184 pounds. 125 has been wild from start, you know, start up to this point this season. I think, uh, was it like eight, nine, um, Number one guys, number one guys taking like eight, nine losses throughout the season, whoever's been in that spot. And so that'll be, that'll be really interesting from a team standpoint, because most of these teams that are in trophy contention have somebody that's at 25 and, and you could be looking at somebody that scores 22 points at the national tournament for their team, 22, 24 points, or somebody that walks away and only scores a point and a half. And, and there's such a wide variance of where guys fall on that spectrum I think Spratley is certainly capable of being high on that podium, but he's also, um, given the the volatility of that that weight class, he, you know, you wouldn't write him in as permanent with permanent ink as a guy that's a surefire All American either. So, so that's the key. Can can he place high up on the podium? Can can Jamison? Does Jordan Williams have a run in him at at forty nine? A weight where uh, there looks like there's some opportunity there. 65 is going to be hard. That's a, a really top heavy weight class with some hammers up there when you've got uh, uh, just in the Big 12 alone, right? I mean, you got O'Toole, Carr, Peyton Hall, Olenek. Uh, th- then you throw in some Big 10 guys like uh, Hamity and Mesenbrink and Caliendo and um, some guys that are really, really solid there. And it doesn't, you know, uh, Amin as well. It doesn't leave a lot of uh, vacancy there for, for podium spots. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to knock off somebody pretty tough there to move up uh, and crack the top four or five there. Um, I I think there's opportunity for for Braden Thompson. It's been a, a little bit of a wild ride for him this season, um, where he he's had some some good wins like the win against Mako and then Sunday. I don't think we saw his best. Certainly against uh, Patrick Kennedy he was kind of all over his legs in that match, but. Uh, uh, if, if Braden can lock it in, I, I think that there's there's some upside for him as well. And then um, 97 is a little bit wide open after the first couple three guys there as well. So so there's some there's some opportunity for for Oklahoma State to really uh, 
squeeze some juice out of the orange yet uh, based off, you know, what do we have them in the team rankings right now? Team tournament rankings fourth, but uh, I still see a lot of upside over where they're ranked. There's there's one path I want to ask you about, and that's at 133 for Dayton Fix. I mean, you should have been there in Gallagher, but to hear the ovation he got for, you know, ending his collegiate wrestling career undefeated at home. Of course, it's been in these national tournaments where he's gotten so close and hasn't been able to do it quite yet. Andy, what kind of resistance is he going to face at, at 133? And could this be the year he finally breaks through? You know, I, I think that certainly like when you look at uh, Dayton's resume as a whole, I mean, what are we talking about? Like six career losses, something like that. I mean, that puts him in a category of, of all-time greats and you're, you're spreading that over five years. And um a guy that's got a world silver wall in college and in a junior world title. And um, the one missing piece is that NCAA title. And, and uh, he's been right there a couple, three times. And um, yeah, he's going to, he's going to face a tough road. I mean, you've got uh, Ryan Crookham's had a really good year for Lehigh uh, Vito Rougeau. Obviously nobody in college wrestling had a better year than him than what he did in 2023 when you look at uh uh taking out Dayton in the semis then taking out uh Roman Bravo Young in the finals carrying that momentum on through the US Open final X going winning a world title I don't think we've seen the best of Vito this year I think there's some some ailments that he's been dealing with uh is he able to to lock it in and be at his best for March that that remains to be seen um those guys have uh you know, I think kind of separated themselves. There's a tier there. And then you're looking at some others like Raguson, Arini, and, and Nasir Bailey, and Nagao, Evan Frost, um, Shaver, Bazakis, that, that type of crew from like four through 10. But, uh, you know, Dayton is is exceptionally hard to score on. He's he's good on the mat. Um, the, the question for him is, can he go out and, and score points? Can he get takedowns? Because that's what it's going to take to beat uh, guys like like Rome or uh, excuse me like uh, Vito Rujau in the national tournament. Because you know he's going to be electric on his feet, and uh, uh, you're going to have to go out and score points to beat him. So I think um, you look at Oklahoma State and, and how their their march will be defined. I think probably if uh, you can find a way to to have Dayton end his career on top of that podium, uh, that would go a long way towards uh, having Oklahoma State feel real good about the way this season has gone. On the Flow Wrestling Rankings, which I recommend all fans check out because they're a tremendous resource, he's ranked number three, Fix, at, at 133 nationally. Andy, in, in your mind, like you said, you've laid out his incredible career. How big of a, of a hole would it be if, if he doesn't finish with the national title? Um, I, I, I guess I think a lot of fans maybe put too much stock in what's missing and, and not what has been collected on, on, on Dayton's shelf. but. Um, what would it what would it mean for for Fix's legacy as like you said one of the all time greats to to get that national title versus to have that hole if he can't can't earn it? Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear Dayton's perspective on this and what what he would have to say uh, about it. I, I'd be really curious to hear what he what he would have to say. But I think you know it, I think when you you look at the resume, it's certainly going to leave a hole on it if he does not get it done. But uh, again, like you know to wrestle five years and have fewer than 10 losses in your career and in division one wrestling and a guy that, that shows up and, and, you know, 
he's out there all the time, right? I mean, it's, it's anybody, anywhere, anytime. And, uh, carrying that through into the spring and summer months in freestyle. And, um, I, I don't think, uh, you know, you know, you'll have conversations about the best that, that never won one, right? Like those, those will surface and, and there aren't many that, uh, have accomplished the things that Dayton has that, that haven't won an NCAA title. So I know it's important to, to him. I, I've, I've seen him in the back and seen, um, what hit not winning has done to him after the national tournaments uh, on Saturday night at the national tournaments. And, and it's tough to see that, you know, uh, a guy that, uh, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed dealing with and, um, just, uh, been awesome. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed my interactions with Dayton and, and, uh, I uh, certainly want to see him represent himself to the best of his ability here in March. But, uh, you know, how, how his career is defined, I think that'll probably be in the uh, in the eye of the beholder. Andy, it's the busiest time of year, maybe for, for wrestling fans and, and everybody in the business. So we thank you for taking some time to join us. Be sure to check out all of Andy's uh, work and, and everything his team does at Flow Wrestling as the NCAA championships and conference championships get underway. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching the show today. Enjoyed having you along. You you showed out. You really liked the wrestling content we did over the weekend. All sorts of views on the post-game video. So thank you for that. And if you like what you hear, be sure to like, subscribe, do something to comment below. We'd love to interact with you and continue to build the channel and everything we do at selloutcrowd.com. Thanks a bunch.